0: Cinephile, Cinephile.
1: Nicholas Cage.
0: A very sincere group of film enthusiasts who are proudly
1: cinephiles. cinephiles. Oh my goodness, Warren Beatty apparently read the wrong name. Oh, this is trouble, incredible. Man. Moonlight oh, One for this picture. Cinephile. Ethan
0: Hawke. It's kind of like I'm a professional actor and I direct for love. There's so much in this world that's dividing
1: us. And music is one of those great
0: tools that brings us together.
1: Alright, There's baseball in World
0: War II. It's kind of <laughs> a dream. Cinephile. The Adnan Verk
1: Movie Podcast All right Yes Why wasn't I Still recording That would have been Gold Gonna run that As the open All right We are back here On Cinephile This is literally 30 minutes after The Academy Awards Ended Producer Dan Stancic Made the trek from Palm Springs, California. He's hopefully going to get reimbursed for the parking charges at the nearby theater that he parked to here at the Kodak Theater. Uh, we're in my hotel room here at the Lowe's. My man, Ben Lyons, momentarily. But once again, he had the hookup of all hookups. He got me to the Academy Awards. As for the second year, we worked for Oscar.com, the Oscars all access. Thanks to all those who tweeted, who watched us. And please, as always, when it comes to cinephile, uh rate and review on iTunes and give us some love. As far as biggest moments of the night, of course, The Shape of Water wins for Best Picture and Best Director. Uh, I did not have a winning Best Picture. I had three billboards winning. But in terms of bragging rights, I won the uh, race of the four of us. So me – yeah, that's that's lions. So me, Ben, Dan, and Rick Passmore. So I came out on top. I think I had 21 of the 24 right. But Ben was correct. Give him credit where credit's due. Who cares with the overall winners? He got Best Picture right, which is Shape of Water, and Guillermo del Toro, who we all had winning Best Director. Your reaction to The Shape of Water – The Mute Woman and the Fishman is the best movie of the year.
0: When Shape of Water was announced as the best picture winner, the first thing I thought of was Mike Golick. (laughs) I'm not even kidding, guys. I I was like, Golick is sitting somewhere in his Connecticut mansion, furious, throwing Doritos at the screen, being like, the Fishman, come on! This is the worst film I've ever seen. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, Mike Golick, that the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences disagrees with you. Uh, but I was very happy to see Shape of Water. And I was very happy to be here back with you, Adnan, because uh, you're such a, a talented broadcaster that when we're doing live for 40 minutes with no commercials or no breaks and you're able to kind of just spin and do what you do, it just adds so much to our broadcast. So it's awesome to have you back
1: always give a gas bag an open mic and he will fill it up as much as he can uh, you just let me go my man you were equally brilliant in terms of us filling. because as ben and i were just you know we have to wash over the night itself listen for those who did not watch there's moments we're just riffing and just talking okay you at home you watch an award you have your spouse you have your loved ones you're chatting or whatever we ben and I are just talking endlessly making the same points over and over hopefully somebody finds this mundane trivia fascinating so again thank you to all those who watched and enjoyed it listen no bigger moment kobe bryant won an oscar okay for sports fans here and dan stanzik our producer asked the question of the night go ahead dan
2: yeah so i'm in the interview room and they told us beforehand if there's someone you know you want to ask a question to come up to the moderator and let her know that you want to be put on the list so as soon as kobe wins for Dear basketball best animated short i run up to her and i say i'd love to ask kobe a question i'm dan stanzik he has been ready. she says okay fine So I sit down, Kobe finally comes to the room, and she's like, obviously there are a ton of people that want to ask questions. We will try to get to you. So it's we're like six questions in. They're all fluff questions. Kobe, visibly, like, shaking and nervous and, like, really excited. He said, like, the win was – he was happier with this than any of the five championships. I don't know if I believe him or not, but thrilled to be there. was great. So we're asking questions. We're asking questions, and they're calling on numbers for who's going to ask the next question. And I keep waiting. I'm number 24, conveniently enough. And finally, they were like, they, they get me in, in the queue. They're like, all right, in twenty-four hours, the next question. I have a microphone in my hand. Before I ask the question, the moderator says, "I'm sorry, everyone." And I'm like, "Oh no, I'm not going to get to ask the question." And she says, "I'm sorry, everyone, but we only... I'm being told we have a short time. We only have time for one more question." And I'm like, "Yes, how lucky am I, Kobe? What's up, Dan Stanek, ESPN Radio?" And I asked Kobe the question I thought should have been the first question asked. He referenced the shut up and dribble comments by Laura Ingram of Fox News. She had those for LeBron after he made comments about President Trump. And so I asked Kobe why he made those, why he referenced those comments and what he thought of LeBron's style of talking about politics, which is so contrary to Michael Jordan's style, Kobe's hero, where he wouldn't talk about politics at all. And Kobe had a thoughtful answer. And sure enough, as the night went on, I keep hearing people doing live reports and they keep referencing Kobe Bryant in the interview. Being asked about the shut up and dribble comments, and I'm like, I'm the one that asked that question. And then, sure enough, I go in the hallway like 15 20 minutes after I asked the question. I see Adnan coming back from the bathroom furiously. We're hanging out, I'm telling him the story. Who should walk by us but Kobe Bryant himself holding his Oscar? He stops, we shake hands, we're talking, we're taking pictures with Kobe. It was unbelievable.
0: See what happens when you come uh, a long way from hotel access.
1: That's what happens when you get more than hotel access. We literally, we see him and then Dan goes, because there's, you know, the security is always tight. Woman's carrying Kobe around and Dan goes, ah, come on, get in there. So we just go, yo, Kobe. And Dan's right, he came on right away. Hey, dropped about six F-bombs in about 20 seconds. just. Blank, yeah, blank, yeah. We're like, yeah, that's awesome, man. Can we, yeah, can we get a picture? We're like, yeah, all right. So he was awesome, man. He was so pumped. He was so cool. Uh, so this is great. Listen, for those who wonder, the intersection of sports and movies, Rob Savinelli, we're here and Kobe Bryant won an Oscar. As well for
0: Icarus, you know, Brian Fogo, the director of Icarus. I just had a chance to do some, uh, uh, interviews and Q and A's with him leading up to the Oscars and the fact that a film about a cyclist that eventually took down the Russian Olympic program is getting its just due here at the Academy Awards, I think, speaks volumes to the intersection of sports and, and film, and especially Alice and Janney, too. Like I, I, Tanya, you have scripted films, you have shorts, you have documentaries, all connecting sports and, and Hollywood in a way that we haven't seen before at the Academy Awards.
2: And now, I thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes
1: to click on the banner ad entitled, You Won't Believe What These Child Stars Look Like Now. Be dissatisfied, and kind of sad, about how the child stars look. And now your computer is plagued by incessant pop-up ads. Oh, this can't be good. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 clickbait minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to GEICO.
2: GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance.
1: One of the biggest winners of the night we knew she was going to win was Frances McDormand for Best Actress for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. She said John Wayne was her inspiration. She had a picture of John Wayne in her dressing room. She goes, that's how I'm going to play this with that swagger and that cocksure attitude. Uh, also, she said a little bit of Brandon, a little bit of Montgomery Clift. But the moment we're talking about tonight is her speech. I think it's the most powerful speech. Clearly, Me Too is a huge movement right now. We knew that that was hovering over this um, the specter of the Oscars. She gave a powerful speech. Again, Ben and I are live the entire time. We're able to kind of sneak peeks here and there. And I think when she called all the women, Dan, to stand up, all the nominees there, that was definitely a powerful
2: moment. Maybe the signature moment of the Oscars. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, she's up there, and she said right away as soon as she got to the the podium, she's like, I'm ready for this moment. I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Buckle up. She's going to bring it because, you know, she's been all fired up about this whole Me Too movement, and rightfully so. And all she did was get everybody to stand up every female that was nominated for an Oscar tonight, and I thought it was very powerful. And then she ended her speech with two words, and everyone was kind of confused, but the two words she ended with were inclusion rider. And everyone's like, what is she talking about, inclusion rider? And I'm led to believe that inclusion rider would be something in contracts that would say, I'm only working on a movie that has this percentage of females working on it, or this percentage of diversity people working in it. I don't know that for a fact. If you guys know more on that inclusion writer, anyone got anything on that?
0: Honestly, when, when we were doing the show, I thought she said inclusion writer was being like inspiring people out there. When you're writing these stories, when you're telling these stories, make sure to include all the different voices that exist in our society to enter into the into the conversation. Now, if you're saying it's Rider instead of writer, yeah. uh, then I think you're I'm onto like something yeah. because she also made the point of look tonight at the after parties. Don't come up to us and say, "Hey, I got a move." I mean, how many times has a producer done that in Hollywood? Take a meeting the next day or a few days later. Or I, I love the line when she said, or come to our offices. Yes. Cause, you know, there are a lot of women who are, many of whom are sitting in that audience. Margot Robbie, you know, Reese Witherspoon has won an Academy Award before. Um, you know, Carrie Washington, who was at the Spirits yesterday. They have production companies. They have deals. They have, you know, great setups at studios and networks and are now producing the content and owning the content. And that's where real power comes into play. So I think you guys are right. That was the speech of the night, the moment of the night. But I also love I the moment when Jordan Peele won for original yes. screenplay. There was an audible roar that went through not only the Dolby Theater, but the press room. And we're yeah. around some of the more uh, Dan Stanzik excluded. <laughs> Yes, people generally can feel a little entitled, a little over it. They've been doing it forever. Uh, they'd rather be at home with their families on a Sunday night. I get that. But to hear that reaction from the press corps on top of the uh, standing ovation that Jordan got at the Dolby Theater, I thought that was a really cool moment tonight as well.
1: Yeah, no question. Audible gasp when it happened. It almost got me thinking, what if Get Out wins for Best Picture? If there's this kind of reaction when it wins for original screenplay, watch out. There's always one award you always want to see win. There's one personal to you. Roger Deakins finally wins for Best Cinematography, 14th nomination. I've always loved his work. Longtime co-mother cinematographer. I said, if he wins, I'll be happy. So I was thrilled that Deakins won. Dan, a category or award winner for you, you were happiest to see. Ooh,
2: happiest. I'm not so sure. I'm going to throw a, a different one at you while I think of happiest. Uh, but the big surprise for me, my favorite movie of the year was Lady Bird and it got shut out. Nothing. Everyone's thinking maybe Laurie Metcalf, maybe Saoirse Ronan, maybe it wins for best picture. Maybe it wins for most best original screenplay. Nothing. Absolutely nothing for the movie I thought was the best.
1: At one point, Ben, I had it winning best picture about six weeks ago, because I said, you know what, maybe kind of, nobody dislikes it. People love it and people like it a lot, so maybe by total tabulation it'll win. But once Shape of Water won Producers Guild, Directors Guild, once, uh, the SAG went to Three Billboards, I said Bird isn't gonna do. I think the Academy members thought it was a really good film. It was obviously well written, well acted, but felt a little slight. Shape of Water is a really weighty film, you know, it's about outsiders and alienation. Three Billboards is about Race and the middle class and uh, police brutality—major themes. Do you think maybe that's what hurt Lady Bird? They go, it's a nice story, but it's just a mother and daughter. Yeah, let's let's not forget,
0: guys, that a nomination for a first-time director, a nomination for a small film that you know is about a, a coming-of-age story of a girl in Sacramento—the like, fact that they're at the Oscar stage—that's a win. I mean, Will and Defoe w- getting a nomination for the Florida Project has guys like you and me right now talking on a podcast about the Florida Project, and that's what the Oscars is—it's a platform for people to discover films. There are so many people across this country who saw Lady Bird, who would not have otherwise had a chance to see it or even wanted to go and see it unless the Oscars went and touched it. So I think that's a, a, a tremendous... I hate to say the, the win is the nomination, yeah. but for Greta Gerwig, who has been a, a talented indie filmmaker and indie darling for a long time now, um, I think it's 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 something where we're going to see her back at the Oscars in various capacities. You heard her co-star, uh, Sir, uh, Saoirse Ronan, the star of her film, uh, talk about how now she wants to go and direct and she's inspired by wanting to to go and get behind the camera Um, so I, I think there are a lot of wins for Lady Bird to take away from the night even if they didn't win an Oscar
1: award you were happiest to see
0: um, I was very happy to see Guillermo del Toro. You know, I, I, told you on your podcast a while back, I've known his assistant Russell for a long time. Uh, Guillermo, I first interviewed at Comic Con back in 06. So when good things happen to good people in the industry, uh, you genuinely get excited. Um, I just got excited right now because my dad sent me an email and you know, I, I've been talking for seven hours. So I have no idea what I've said on live internet. I've been on Facebook since two in the afternoon. It's now about 10 o'clock at night here in LA. My dad says, Great Great job. Loved you telling Plummer he could hang out at Wahlburgers. I told Christopher Plummer he could be at Mark Wahlburgers.
1: What an idiot. That literally came out of my mouth. Oh, my God. Ask your dad, the esteemed film critic Jeffrey Lines. What was Christopher Plummer's reaction? Did he stare at you aghast, wondering what exactly Wahlburgers is? Dan Stanzik,
2: which award were you happiest to see? Probably a movie that very few of you actually watched, but it was for best Short nice. And it was Silent Child. I was glad to see that was the winner of the five that were nominated. And you guys didn't, as you keep mentioning, you guys don't get to watch this, the ceremony. You guys are talking while Jimmy Kimmel is talking. Yeah, we, catch
0: li- we, catch, uh, we catch little bits here and there. We're kind of talking over it and we're sort of holding the audience's hand uh, through the whole evening um, and trying to point out behind the scenes stuff. But, yeah, there are times, and I don't know if you have this experience, where you're like,
1: hey, uh, Adnan, shut up. I want to watch the Oscars. <laughs> Oh yeah, like people are texting, going, "Hey Dave Chappelle, hey Kamal Nanjiani." I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, figure it out. We're on the air right now. Like, I'll DVR and go back and watch it, and then that's how we'll to figure out what happened.
2: Yeah. So it, it, I just wanted to make that point because you just referenced Christopher Plummer. There was like six Christopher Plummer jokes in the opening monologue by Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel. It was like half the monologue. There was that. There was a few President Trump jokes. There was a Mike Pence joke, and there's a lot of Me Too movement references. Best joke about Me Too. None of them were so direct, but um, he did reference the whole Mark Wahlberg, uh, Michelle Williams – story that everyone knows from all the money in the world um but you guys should go back and watch because i'm sure in the interviews you're gonna do in the next few days people they're not only going to ask you what you thought about what won they're like what do you think of jimmy kimlin you're like well i'm talking during that Well,
0: that, that's actually one of the jokes i did see he said oh mark Wahlberg donated all five million dollars he made oh, on the movie yeah. and uh michelle williams what are you gonna do with that eight bucks
1: balls in, <laughs> balls in your court now Which i thought was so great uh, it was awesome. Well, it certainly was a fun night. So thanks so much for listening to Cinephile. We've got a full podcast coming up later this week. So me and Ben will talk further once you've had a chance to decompress. Uh, once you've gone to Jimmy Kimmel's after party, which is where we're headed to now. So more stories coming from there. Thanks so much for listening to Cinephile. Closing thoughts, Ben Lines. I'm just so happy we got Stanzik more than Hotel Access. You know, I've been doing the Oscars for
0: 11 years now, so they all kind of blend together. But no, honestly, guys, this has been so much fun. It's awesome to have real friends here to do this with. Um, and it kind of just adds to the, all the excitement and enjoyment. So appreciate you guys making the trek out to Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, honestly, the fact that we get to say we cover the Oscars, I mean, it's something I will never get over and never get used to,
1: uh, and, I, and I feel really lucky to be a part of it. I agree with you. I like the fact Dan Stanzik is now on the board.
2: Best live action short, Hotel Axis coming soon to you. Dan? Honestly, guys, just for me, a huge thank you. It's been awesome. Met Kobe Bryant. Ask Kobe Bryant a question. I've loved Kobe Bryant. I was always, Ben knows this, I'm a Knicks fan through and through, but for years and years when the Knicks didn't make the playoffs, I was rooting for the Lakers in the playoffs every year. So Kobe, I've been a big fan of Kobe. So thrill of a lifetime to actually meet him, ask him a question. It's been awesome. All right. Thanks so much for listening to
1: Cinephile. Full podcast coming up later this week. Until then, we'll see you at the movies. Don't miss out on the next episode of Cinephile. Subscribe to the Adnan Verk movie podcast by clicking the Listen tab in the ESPN app.